Ladies and gentlemen, we've been working on this for a while, and I cannot tell you how excited I am to finally be here. It is episode one of Ahead of the Sticks, where we will be bringing you everything NFL-related here on Mudhead. Big thank you to everybody tuning in live here on Mudhead TV. If you're listening to us, uh, uh, audio podcast, make sure you come and join us live. We're live every Tuesday and Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. My name is Nick Mazesco. Joining me, one of my good, good friends, one of the top creators out there, variety streamer, not just a men streamer. That's right. Content creator, Andy Fendler. Fend, uh, we've been working on this for for those little peek behind the scenes. We've been working on this for about three months at this point, uh, trying to get this going, get this ready. Um, we're both huge NFL fans. Obviously, we're both uh, in the Madden creator sphere. Uh, I work with the Madden Championship Series. Fendler, you do a lot of stream with Madden. So the NFL is our lives. And we thought, listen, we watch enough of this. We play enough in the virtual world, but we watch enough of the actual game. Why don't we chat about it? Why don't we bring some content to Mudhead, to the world, uh, and, and get our voices in on the uh, NFL sphere? And I, I'm really excited to do episode one tonight. Man, Nick Mazesco, it's a pleasure and an honor, man. I'm so glad that it all came together as well as it did. I think the show is just ready to be beautifully run here. We got production ready to rock. The run of show looks great, man. I'm excited. We're going to get a couple divisions every night here. We'll take it one thing at a time. But NFL season is very nearly upon us, man. That weather Ooh. is going to start to shift pretty soon. Get a little bit of that fall in the air, man. Ooh, I can't wait. Yeah, and, and we have, by the way, college football starts this week. We got week hmm. zero games in college football. So football season is almost here. Uh, so Honest. for those of you tuning in, I'll give you a little synopsis of what we're doing here. Uh, so every Tuesday and Thursday, we'll be live on Twitch at 7 p.m. Eastern time. But if you missed the live show, obviously, wherever you get your podcast, we're going to have it uploaded there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Pocket Cast, wherever you get it, you're going to have it. It's also going to be, um, we'll have a, a YouTube channel out where we're going to have the VODs uploaded as well. So wherever you digest your content, we're going to have it for you. Uh, leading up to the opening week of the season, we're going to be doing two divisions per episode, previewing uh, what we are going to see from them, what we saw in the offseason, some of the big storylines heading in. Um, and then once we get to the season, here's how it's going to work. Tuesdays, that's going to be your weekly recap, okay? We're going to talk about the games that happen, the big games, the big moments, um, the news and notes as we uh, wrap up of a, a, uh, a full NFL week. And then as we hit our Thursday night episode, we're going to hit that again, 7 o'clock Eastern for those you football fans. It's right before Thursday Night Football. So we're going to give you the primer into the week. We're going to give you guys predictions for the games. We're going to give you guys the latest injury updates, fantasy, all that you can think of from the NFL. We're going to have it here. We're going to have guests uh, next week. We're going to have uh, uh, another Madden content creator, big Lions fan. Um, we got Civil coming on next Tuesday. We're going to talk to the North Divisions. Legend. We're working on some guests for Thursday, Fend. Uh it's a packed show, but if you're just a fan of football, this is where you need to be. Uh, we're going to be interacting. We want to interact with you on social. We want to interact with you in the live chat. We want to see you uh, chatting about the NFL because I feel like if you're a football fan, you have an opinion on everything. Doesn't Not just the team that you root for, but all the teams in the NFL, you have some sort of opinion. That's exactly right, and we're gonna get we got a platform for you to make sure your voice is heard here. Like you said, in the chat, interacting with us in every spot, you'll be able to uh, to find the podcast here. But I do believe Nick Mazesco, we got AFC West uh, yeah. to open up our show for today. Mm -hmm. If I'm I mean, not mistaken, are you? I mean, I I gotta check. Are you ready? Like, did you did you did you stretch the vocal cords out? I know you streamed this morning. Vocal yep. cords good and ready. Yeah. Okay. I'd say a little afternoon snooze, right? Okay. Feeling good. Got our notes together, man. Love Nick that. did a great job with the run of show as well. I think I think we're ready to rock, man. I think we, we got gotta, it together just fine. Before we get into it, I got to give two big shout outs. Number one is, is the man behind the scenes, our producer, Crook. 
Uh, you're going to hear from him every once in a while here on the show. Oh. He is with us all the time. He's been with us on Mudhead forever. Um, best producer in the game. Big shout out to Crook helping put this together. And Gnome Designs. Uh, uh, Frankie did so much work for the overlay that you see right here for our logo. He did all this work for us. So follow him on Twitter at Gnome Designs. Uh, if you're looking for any logos, if you're looking for any graphics done, he is one of the best out there. So big shout out to those guys. Let's get into it. Uh, our, our first down topic, we're just going to go through some offseason uh, because I feel like the AFC West is one of the best ones to talk about because there was a lot of movement out here. And you start with the Chiefs, Ben. The big question I feel like with the Chiefs, and I, fe- I feel like this is a team that we question every single year, ever since Tyreek Hill left. It's we like went, we don't learn our lesson. Yeah, Last year, we were like, yeah, I don't know if the Chiefs are going to be able to do it with yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster, with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, with Miko Hartman. Uh, is he really? Uh, they did fine. They actually... Surprise. Yeah. Actually, uh, indeed, going to be missing a few of those pieces this year, right? We got Juju to the Patriots. Yeah. Me, Cole, also out of town. Mm -hmm. Juju with a great season. Them combined look like a little over uh, a 1,000 yards, handful of touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Also losing his left tackle. Yeah, that's, I think, the big one is Orlando Brown. That's going to be a big replacement. I think it's a big one, too, for sure. They did indeed uh, bring in a viable replacement for him. I think we saw how quickly the Chiefs offense broke down when they lacked edge protection in that Super Bowl against the uh, against the Buccaneers. But it also just sounds like a conversation that we've had about the Chiefs already. They're losing key pieces, guys that we saw as feature players for them in runs of great success. They're not there anymore. Can this home base of Andy Reid, Kelsey, and Mahomes do it? I'm sitting here ready to tell you, I don't know. He lost his left tackle, a couple key offensive weapons. But like I said, it just sounds familiar, right? We've kind of already had that conversation, and they've done just fine so far. I think they're kind of a great example of scheme over over team in some instances uh but when you get when you have Mahomes at quarterback Kelsey at tight end and, and Andy Reid uh on the sticks as it were you're gonna have some things go right for you I think yeah. so I'm unwilling to doubt them too hard coming out of the gate yeah so I mean again, Orlando Brown kind of the biggest name he moves on they bring in Juwan Taylor looks like Taylor's probably gonna play on the right side of this offensive line mm-hmm. it's where he started he played with the Jaguars the last four years started every single game durability is such a big part of offensive linemen started every game um Donovan Smith will play on that left side this O-line still very good they got Joe Tooney at, at guard they got Creed Humphrey one of the best, one of the best centers in the game yep. um not concerned about that there are some injury concerns on this team. Don't mm-hmm. don't forget about that. Isaiah Pacheco is starting to get reps in practice. Um, he had such a breakout season last year. Uh, wondering how easy they're saying he's going to get some reps. He might be ready for week one. Kadarius Tony still battling some injuries. This offense, uh, this wide receiver room. Kadarius Tony, Marcus Valdez Scantling, <laughs> Richie James, the the former New York Giant crew, I guess, all in Kansas right. City. The one I want to key on though is Sky Moore. This is the player who I feel like. Last year, they were expecting a lot of him. He returned some punts, had some trouble with fumbles. He had, I think, two fumbles in a game at one point, returning the punts. Out Crucial of Western ones, Michigan. too, as I remember. Yeah, and it, listen, the Western Michigan product, he is a speed demon. Is this somebody who is primed to take the next step this year, especially in an offense where we know about Mahomes and Kelsey, but beyond that, they're going to be looking for some more playmakers. You know what? And honestly, I would kind of look to the wide receiver room, and I would feel a little bit of concern about who else is in the room? Not that they're going to be bad guys or bad players. There's going to be some good players, but is there anybody necessarily that you might trust your young stud prospect to really kind of learn the ropes from? Is 
is Kadarius Tony or, or MVS like wide out one in this room? It seems like potentially uh, I think he's got all the physical tools necessary here. I hope the wide receiver room can help elevate him a little bit. Mahomes and, and Reed in, in the right spot will also serve him greatly. Uh, but but I'm curious. I'm curious to see kind of almost the maturity level of how this wide receiver room winds yeah. up shaking out once they wind up seeing a field together. Yeah, I mean, and and then you add in the fact it did bring back Jarek McKinnon, who in mm -hmm. spurts last year was absolutely brilliant, fits that offense perfectly. Yeah. Um, they do defense, not a lot of changes. They bring in Charles Omenihu, who is facing a suspension. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see what he can bring. He was very good last year. Uh, not a lot, obviously. You do what the Chiefs did last year. Your your draft is going to be back in the rounds. But they do bring in a wide receiver to compete in this wide receiver room in Rasheed Rice out of SMU. Yep. Yep. Um, so I think that the the and we're going to talk about the Chiefs. We're going to do a little in-depth dive on the Chiefs a little bit later. But, uh, you know, I feel like it's the same story of, mm, can they do it? Ooh, this, I don't know. That. And then you remember who's at the helm, Patrick right. Mahomes. Uh, if there's any doubt who the best quarterback in the league is, I think he's answered every question. Um, and you're wrong, would be the big one. Right. Um, and, <laughs> if there's any doubt, Patrick, you're just mistaken at yeah. this rate. So, and as long as Patrick Mahomes is there, and as long as Travis Kelsey is there, who is the best tight end in the league, Correct. they're going to have a chance to go back to Super Bowl. For sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, crazy. Uh, let's move on to the Denver Broncos. Um, mm -hmm. We can talk all about the players they brought in. They, uh, Dalton Risner leaves, and uh, Dalton Risner leaves, Billy Turner leaves, um, Cam Fleming. They, basically, their offensive line. They lost a lot of offensive linemen. They bring in Mike McGlinchey at five years, $87.5 million, one of the best um, linemen out there. I mean, yep. big hoss on the line. Oh, but yeah. All these players, we can talk about all of them. The big one for the Broncos is they go and get Sean Payton. They yeah. sat there and they looked at the Nathaniel Hackett experience and went, no more. We are going polar opposite. We're going with a good coach. And they went <laughs> out and got Sean Payton, one of the best to do it. Um, and I think the Broncos are sort of the hardest team to read here because Russell Wilson was, by all standards, awful last year i mean he right. was bad he was running for his life they lost javante williams to an acl early the running game never got going this broncos team was all out of sorts they're bad clock management and now they bring in sean payton the question fend is is sean payton enough for this team i mean what what are you seeing from russell wilson what are you seeing from this offense that is for most part apart from the offensive line fairly similar to what we saw last year they didn't move a lot of pieces which shows that they have faith in who they have they they have faith, and I'm not necessarily sure whether it's founded or not. I think a lot of these guys are are getting off their future expectations based off things they've done years ago. Russ in particular, and not for the Broncos at all. And I agree that this team is hard to read, but it's just feeling to me like. And, and I wouldn't even go so far as to say I'm rooting against the Broncos by any means at all. I think a lot of these individual pieces, especially McGlinchey, one of the uh, the best offensive uh, linemen in the league. I, I love that. I'll be paying attention there. But it just feels like kind of this mercenary squad of a bunch of guys that are still playing football. They got some broadcasting, you know, terms on the table for whenever they're done. And in, you did a great job in our uh, pre-show notes, 14 draft picks, but no first rounders. Yeah. They, they, they had nothing they, left over from the rush trade. So yeah, it's going trade. to be this, yeah. this mishmash of a bunch of people who just got there. 14 players, if, if anybody can bring, you know, the greatness out of them, I, I think it will be, Coach. But I I am concerned with whether there's any premier talent that's going to help push the offense to the next level. Russ Wilson cannot do it on his own. And even if the coaching pieces are a little more in his favor for this year, 
I'm not seeing any massive development or steps forward. I don't know. It, it, not only that, I don't know where this team winds up over the next two to three years. I, I can't yeah. tell the direction. I, I, I can't necessarily see where they're anchoring their identity or their expectations or kind of what, what this team is necessarily about. And maybe this year will be a step in a direction, but I can't tell where they're headed right now. If there's one group of players that I really like on this Broncos team. Their skill positions, both offensively, defensively, are really good. Look mm. at the wide receiving room. They got Jerry Judy, who I think everybody's expecting. He showed some flashes of brilliance last year. Cortland Sutton, who is only a few years removed from being one of the top receivers in the league. They bring in Marvin Mims. They draft him a young rookie wide receiver that can help mm. them out. And then you look on the defensive side. I mean, the back end of this defense with Pat Sertan, what he was able to do and, and how he's been able to develop. Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons at the safety position. Um, I really like the skill positions here. The, the question, I think this team is the answer of, they're going to go as Russ goes. If we find 2016, 2017 Russell Wilson, a guy who has some mobility, a guy who can make some of those throws that, you know, I think in Seattle, everybody was wishing that that Russell lasted another five years. Um, I think that is what they're going to look for is, is that that Russell wasn't coming back. And the answer is, I don't know their offensive yeah. line, I think will be improved this year. And I think with sure. Sean Payton drawing up plays, I'm really excited to see what, what they do. But yeah. if you told me this Broncos team goes, you know, 11 wins, I go, that makes sense. If you told me this Bronco wins, go seven wins. I go, that eh, kind of makes sense. I, I don't yeah. really know how to read this team. Is that your spot though? Is that kind of your over under there around seven for Denver? And I'm sure we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but that's a little higher than you. I expected you to say, even, you know, even just in conversation, a little, maybe a little higher than I expected you to shoot. Well, we move on to the uh, Los Angeles Chargers uh, <laughs> in the, uh, in the AFC West, um, man, this Chargers team, um, not a lot going on in free agency. Obviously they have a lot tied up in these players. Right. Big thing for me though. I love their draft. They go out and get who, in my opinion, and let's be clear. I'm an Ohio State guy. I love Jackson Smith and Jigba. Mm -hmm. Quentin Johnson was the one who I went, oh, this man's going to be a problem. Awesome. Big yeah. frame, yeah. great body control in the air. Yep. This is one of those guys who I think you put him with Keenan Allen on one side. You got Mike Williams on the other side, who I hopefully will play more than six games this year. Mm -hmm. um, this is a third wide receiver that can really open up this offense. And what's scary is they were already a dynamic offense with Austin Eckler, with Justin Herbert. What more can you add? I mean, they were already good. They, they were already good and they got better. Uh, Eric Kendricks, also in from the Vikings, averaged mm. 140 tackles over the last, last two years. Just absolute installation on that defense. Uh, it, this I mean, feels potentially like the only team, to, to my eyeballs, I, I think the Chiefs made a lateral movement to actually explicitly get better in the offseason this year. I have the Chargers as, I think, most improved and they were already, you know, in contention outside of the Chiefs, in contention for one of the best teams uh, in this division in the first place. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the, the number of players defensively. I mean, we, we talk about the offense, but on the defensive side, you got Joey right. Bosa rushing the quarterback. You got Eric right. Hendricks coming in at linebacker. Khalil Mack still something in the tank. Interested to see how Kenneth Murray continues to develop. Still a very young linebacker. Mm -hmm. And you got the best safety in the game in Derwin James uh, with behind J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, I mean, names, names, names. It's an embarrassment of riches, truly. The thing with the Chargers has been, and it was last year, that man with the headset on, Brandon yeah. Staley. And this was the baffling part to me. Sean Payton becomes available. Sean Payton wanted the L.A. The, he wanted to stay in L.A. And the Chargers went, nope, we're sticking with Brandon Staley. And I feel like 
this year is either the Chargers are going to look brilliant because they go out and they hire Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator was in Dallas for a long time. Now going to come mm. and work with Justin Herbert. Mm. Um, they're either going to look brilliant at making that move or everyone's going to be looking at that front office and, and looking at the Chargers with their brand new stadium and their beautiful uniforms. Right. I was going right. to say fans, but like the, the Chargers fans blue. are yeah, I right. feel bad for San Diego. I feel bad for San Diego. I feel bad the Spanos family. I don't know what to tell you. But they're gonna, you're going to look at them and go, what, you have all this talent. How are you not able to do something? And by the way, Keenan Allen is not a young wide receiver anymore. Mike Williams right. is 28 years old. I mean, these right. are this, this core, this is their moment. Yeah, I think they're within a window. And like you said, they're about to find out whether they were uh, correct or incorrect about their decisions around the coaching carousel. Uh, I can't tell yet, but I mean, it, you know, it, it's the classic football example of, you know, coach goes forward on second down. If you get it, you're a genius. If you don't, you're a dumb idiot coach who deserves to get fired. And, you know, the Chargers will get the uh, the same treatment here. They'll either be the geniuses that always knew uh, what it would become, even throughout the, the struggles, or they're dumb idiots who took, you know, went one of the best coaches yeah. when he was available and he wanted to come to town. Uh, and we're going to find out what happens this year, I suppose. Last but not least, I'm uh, not saying that they're going to be last, but they might be. Uh, you don't need to say the, the not least here part, maybe. that Loosely not least. Don't get I, Raider Nation against me, man. I've been to Vegas right. games. They're Them the folks are crew. savages. Um, Great fan base. Las Vegas. Yep. Talk about a team with a whole lot of changes yeah. uh, and personnel. Gone Derek Carr. Gone is Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. Um, you also lose some more pieces. Matt Collins, Foster Moe, guys who played in that system. Yep. They bring in... The Italian stallion himself, James Jimmy G. Garoppolo. The Las Vegas, man. Whose idea was, was it to this? let that man loose on Las Vegas, Nevada, man? Holy mackerel. Uh, bold, but we'll see if it works out. That's a true um, dude. You know, they bring in Jacoby Myers. They bring in Austin Hooper. Sort of uh, some some switcheroos in the, in the right. skill position. Quarterback tight end switcheroonies. Yeah. Um, the big news, Josh Jacobs, the number one – Leading rusher last year in the NFL holds out this whole running back saga of who's yeah. going to get paid, who's going to sign. I don't right. know if you ever dealt with that in New York. Uh, yeah, this, we had this whole thing with Saquon. It's okay. uh, it's neither here nor there. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that just yeah, yet. It's, we'll just it, move it, on. it's still fresh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, hmm. so the the latest report, and this is we're recording this on August 22nd. Just yesterday, hmm. it is being reported that Josh Jacobs will be there by season opener. Uh, he is to. going. They're going to figure out some sort of deal by then, yeah, and he will play in the season opener. Will he be the same Josh Jacobs? I don't know. You talk about a guy who's going to be missing all of preseason. Who knows how much he was actually going to play in preseason, but all right. of camp, all of preseason. Um, he's the guy, though, that last year made this offense go in a year that this offense was struggling. Um, now you bring in Jimmy G to throw to Devontae Adams. You have Josh Jacobs. Uh, listen, it, they've got enough talent on the offensive by Like, we're not sitting here looking at a team with nothing to go with offensively. Right. It's just they play in the murderer's row division. Yeah, they sure do. It, it's kind of funny. You have the cause and effect of this, you know, running back, uh, the hyper-focus we've seen on the running back market, I think, in the Chiefs, like we were talking about earlier, that backfield that they put together of Pacheco and McKinney and, and a couple of years ago, you know, Byron Pringle and stuff getting snaps and whatnot. They they just put the these Pringle man. Pieces, yeah, Come on. They just put these puzzle pieces together that have kind of shown and proven to a lot of teams in the NFL that you don't really need to pay a Josh Jacobs or a Saquon Barkley $17 million a year to get excellent running back play. I wonder 
how much of an effect that the whether or not he's satisfied with the money he's making or the contract he's on. I agree that most of this offense, at least I think the best parts of it so far, until we see how Jimmy G is going to work with his pieces, I think the most reliable, you know, uh, part of this offense is indeed Josh Jacobs. You wonder, you know, to what degree he's going to be locked in or if he's going to go into, you know, self-preservation mode. He, you know, has yeah. a new idea about his value and, and priorities and such. And, and that's, of course, not to uh, infer that a professional would not do his absolute best. But, you know, as far as the mind state going into the thing, uh, I'm curious about it. Like we said early, we had some just kind of some switches, you know, quarterbacks out, tight ends in. Um, I don't think I, I personally don't think Jimmy G is as mid, I think, as the average football fan believes him to be. I think he wound up getting the short end of the stick in a lot of game time situations that he was plopped in and expected to manage a miracle hot off the sideline. And, and it just it never really, really came together for him. I don't think he's trash, though. I think with a couple pieces in a new setting. I mean, he's uh, got Devontae know, Adams. That's a pretty good piece. I to mean, have. right. Devontae Adams is going to be down there somewhere. So as long as he could huck it, uh, you know, maybe some type of revitalization like we're seeing with Aaron Rodgers in New York, just, you know, feeling reinvigorated by the new setting. Um, it could be cool. Uh, I'm not expecting the world from the squad here, but I think it could be cool. Uh, that is your off-season recap. That's our first down. Mm. We had to second down. Hi! Ben, it's time to play a little fact or cap. We're going to hear a couple statements from our producer, Crook, and you're just going to have to say whether you think that is a factual statement or whether it's all cap. That really probably mm. didn't play great for the audio audience. You're uh, welcome, yeah, right. audio audience. <laughs> he did a hat thing. Hat. He did a hat thing. Yeah. If you're listening on the podcast, he just did a nifty little hat maneuver. Yeah. Uh, you you would have been stunned if you saw it IRL. It was spectacular. It was, it was absolutely stellar. Uh, our man Crook, what's our first statement? Factor cap. Sean Payton was the answer the Broncos needed to get back to contention. I will say that is fact. I think, again... I think no. This is this is an old Maddie Stafford jersey. Sorry, I had somebody in the chat. Uh, my man, my man Neil, ask if that's a JMO jersey. No, it's Maddie Stafford uh, from back in the day. Um, I think it's fact. I think that this team was held back by coaching last year. I think Nathaniel Hackett will do fine in New York. I think he is a good coordinator. Um, but do I think that? They were held back by coaching last year. Absolutely. And I think Sean Payton, you bring in somebody who for many years in New Orleans was the premier offensive play caller. And man, Fenn, you look at the Broncos over the last insert amount of time here. Outside of the Payton years, they have struggled with offensively. They've been known yeah. for defense, hard hitting in the trenches, running the ball. And you sure. bring in a guy in Sean Payton who's going to have a talent in Russell Wilson that can sling the ball around, that has some weapons out there in Judy and Sutton. They bring in Mims. I think Payton could be the answer. I, again, the, the important thing was, was to get back to contention. Do I think this means they are a Super Bowl contender? No. Do I think they are a contender in this division? Do I think they are a contender for a playoff spot and could make some noise? Yeah, I think Sean Payton is absolutely – Well, I mean, talk about one of the better hires uh, in the last five to ten years. I think if you were going to take a shot with somebody, you got to take a shot with a guy like Sean Payton. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're shooting for the top uh, with that, Phil. The, even just the nature of the question, though, is Sean Payton the, the answer the Broncos needed infers that there was only one question here. Is he one of the answers to a question that 
that they asked <laughs> us last year? I think absolutely. Like I said a little bit earlier on in the show, though, it feels to me too much like a mercenary squad of a bunch of people who are just getting into town. I, you know, you get you get this image of everyone kind of arriving at the same time and trying to put together a cohesive unit with some type of culture and and recognition between each other of a common goal. I just am not buying that piece of it just yet. And maybe it'll take Sean Payton at the helm for a year to let these new pieces mesh uh, together and become an identity that I'm not seeing from them right now. And again, I feel like I had to say it earlier because I'm not trying to talk trash on them. I just, I saw enough Broncos football last year and it was so bad that it makes me, it, it does beg the question for me as to the degree to which coaching was the top of their questions. Yes, I think Sean uh, Payton answers a question. I don't think it was within, I don't think it was the top question. I'm going to say cap on uh, Sean Payton wow. is the answer. You don't I'm believe say in cap. Sean Payton. I'm say cap. It's okay. Hall of Fame coach, you don't believe him in it. That's fine. He's one of the you available answers. He's Sean one Payton. of the available answers. He's, he's just one of them. I don't know even. Him, I don't mm -hmm. know if it's a big enough piece. Whatever. You think you're better than a Hall of Fame coach. Whatever, I'm man. unconvinced. I'm just unconvinced. I, mean, I will say, like, this was a guy, uh, last season, Russ got sacked 55 times. Okay? He got right. 55 sacks oh. last year. They do oh show up God. the offensive just line. Just running for his life. Yeah, running for his life. You get Javante Williams back. You have the offensive line. Now you got Sean Payton. I, I think... I, I, I don't know. I, I think I think you're going to see a much better version of this Broncos team this year. Fair. Uh, Fair. Crook, what's our second topic? Fact or cap? Jimmy G will be better than Derek Carr was last season for the Raiders. Uh, better than Derek Carr. Uh, we got a push option here. <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> wow. Welcome in. Show um, one. Here we go, Nick. How you, how you want to walk this rope here, Daddy-O? Well, I mean, this is 1A. It's 1A and 1B. The one is subjective, but I'm saying on, on a list of two guys, it's 1A and 1B. I, I mean. So, so uh, again, the question is better than last year, Derek Carr. Last year, Derek Carr had I, probably his statistically worst season uh, with the Raiders outside of the you know in the in the in his rookie year. Right, sixty percent completion percentage. That's down eight percent from the year before. Uh, Twenty four touchdowns, fourteen interceptions. Hmm. Um, this is a guy who was a running for his life. And let's be clear, yeah. this was a Derek Carr who got his wish and got to play with his Fresno State buddy, Devontae Adams. They make the big move for him. You had yeah. Darren Waller out there who was dinged up. You had Josh Jacobs, who was the number one rusher, and he was out there throwing, completing 60% of his passes. Do I think Jimmy G will be better than Derek Carr? Not just a fact. I think it's a stone-cold fact. I, I'm going to I'm going to 100% buy into Jimmy G because I am of the belief. I, I think you, you mentioned it when we were talking about the team. Jimmy G got a raw deal. Yeah, Jimmy he did. G he really did. is a winner. Jimmy G has one of the better starting quarterback records out in the NFL. This is a guy who won every time he started with the 49ers, and they went, sorry, James, you're not cool enough for us. For real, though. Draft Trey Lance. Sorry, right. James, you're not cool enough for us. And then, again, got devastating season-ending injury. I mean, I'm a Derek Carr stan. I'm a guy who I think Derek Carr, the change of scenery to – uh, to New Orleans is going to be great for him. I think mm -hmm. just getting out of the Vegas market and getting into a different market, um, I think will be good for him. I think Derek Carr is has been really good in the past, but I think compared to last year's Derek Carr, who was not the good version of Derek Carr, I think Jimmy G absolutely will be better than that. Yeah, I'm in agreement here. I'm also calling this uh, Stone Cold fact that Jimmy G will be better than Derek Carr. 
last year. I'm excited to see what Derek Carr will do. Just from his outward perception, he's a very emotional guy. I feel like the Las Vegas experience probably took a lot out of him. It, it, It seemed like he, you know, gave a lot that he didn't necessarily feel like was reciprocated so if we're if we're going to look at it like this upcoming season i think that Derek carr might actually outperform jimmy g statistically yeah, numbers wise sure yeah, numbers wise that's right but to answer the question as to whether jimmy g is a an improvement over the Derek carr that we saw last year i think i think yes i i would wonder whether or not he's in as good a situation as far as the weapons available go i don't know how, i don't know how big the waller piece was after all we're about to find out uh in new york though uh, very excited for that uh but i'm excited to see what Derek carr does next with that chip on his shoulder but i think jimmy g is going to be just fine so yeah i think uh i'm saying fact better than Derek carr of last year for sure and again these are all predicated on the fact that he stays healthy i mean if he gets mm-hmm. hurt yeah he's he's gonna be worse but mm-hmm. uh, here's the crazy part by the way just a fun stat that i just saw Derek carr brings in Devontae adams he has his weapon, one of the, the best receivers out there. Mm-hmm. They bring in Devontae Adams. He has the lowest adjusted net yards per pass attempt since his rookie year once they brought in Devontae Adams. He was checking wow. down that ball like crazy. And again, right. the offensive line, that's going to be a big thing in Vegas this year. Can that right. offensive line protect Jimmy G? But with the running game, I think I, I think Jimmy G will be better than Derek Carr was last year. Uh, Kirk, what's our next topic? Factor cap. With Kellen Moore calling plays, the Chargers will reach their potential of being a Super Bowl contender. I So I am a known Chargers fan. I love the Chargers. I love their pieces. I love everybody that they have on the team, offensively, defensively. I think they have the pieces to be a top team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Cap. It's absolute cap because Brandon Staley is still there and he's still the head coach of this team. Brandon Staley mismanages end of games like nobody else. Unless Kellen Moore also gets to take away the timeouts from Brandon Staley and also gets to take away him holding timeouts and going into the locker room at halftime with two in his pocket. thinking he gets to use it in the second round. (laughs) Brandon Staley is going to hold this team back. He is the anchor that is holding this team down from reaching its potential. I like Kellen Moore. I don't love what he did last year in Dallas, but man, the year before in Dallas, he had Dak Prescott looking like a a top quarterback. I think he really can do some fun out there. But let's be clear. This Brandon Staley, the head coach, in a Week 17 game, that meant absolutely nothing. They could not improve their playoff position. They could not improve their seating. They couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. He plays Mike Williams, and Mike Williams gets hurt. Mm-hmm. why is mike williams out there a man who already has the bones of porcelain why are you out there playing mike williams in a meaningless game at the end of the year when you can't do anything that is a head coaching decision yep. here's the thing i think kellen moore can improve it but i don't think a lot of the problems last year were play calling i think there's a lot of mismanagement out there i think health is going to be a big thing for this chargers team but again you want to talk about you know sean payton being the answer cap is kellen moore Going to help them reach a potential? Yes. Will they be a Super Bowl contender? No, because you still got Brandon Staley at the head. And I think Brandon Staley, at the end of the day, if the Spanos family has anything in their head, if they want this team to turn into anything, mm-hmm. Brandon Staley will not be the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers next year. Uh, please, please, as somebody who wants to see these guys succeed, please have somebody come, or let's just see him in like like Kyler Murray style, like Put him in the classroom and be like, it's week 17. You cannot improve your position. Should you, A, 
play Mike Williams or B, <laughs> not. And when he says A, you donk him on the forehead. Right. Uh, okay, I'm not as hard body cap as you are, it seems like. I, I am in agreement that he's not going to be the single piece that changes to make them Super Bowl contenders. I do think they're really close. And now I'm curious, given what you said specifically about where the decisions are coming from, Nick, if this little detail means anything to you in, in the pre-show re show, uh, research, learn that he's not actually going to be coaching from the box. Kellen Moore will be on the sideline uh, this year for the Chargers. Maybe he Does can, that like, matter hold his even 1% to you or not matter whatsoever at all? As, in so far, specifically as to what you're curious about, game time, mismanagement decisions, and whatnot. Do you think being a presence literally on the sideline could actually make any difference? Not no, at all. Because I, Kellen Moore's not a 55-year-old elder statesman. Kellen right, Moore's right, still right. a young coordinator. Yep. Brandon Staley will still see him as a peer and will sit there and be like, I'm the head coach. No. I prefer I, – I like coordinators up in the box. I think that you can see more up there. You can, you know – get a better feel of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Kellen Moore prefers to be on the sidelines, though. Go for it, man. He was mm -hmm. in the sidelines a lot in Dallas. It worked for him. I just think that Brandon Staley holds his team back. Uh, and and again, health is a big thing. If they could get more than seven games out of Mike Williams, that'd be really cool. Right. If they could get Keenan Allen, I mean, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams played together, I think, for like eight games last year. Like, they just were never on the field. Like, you need more than half games right. out of your top two wide receivers. Right, right, That's right. That's it. Right. Not to be too much of a homer, uh, so Kellen Moore's last play for Dallas was that was that the Zeke at, at center bit there? I hope not. I hope that wasn't Kellen Moore's call. When uh, Zeke's soul left his entire body as he had to snap the ball like he was back in backyard football. Wow. I remember Tough, finally. I remember finally even today. It gives me a good chuckle at least a couple times a week, Nick Wazeska. I got to be honest with you. Oh, oh, I mean, Zeke, a good chuckle. Poor Zeke Elliott. That was probably oh. the moment he was like, I'm probably not going to be here in Dallas much longer, huh? Mm. Nah, I mean, I'm going to remember that more than I remember uh, anything else he's done over the last couple of years. Sorry, buddy. Besides being <laughs> becoming RB2 to Tony Pollard, uh, like slowly and painstakingly. Anyway, sorry. All right, all right. We're not doing NFC East right now. It's Jeez, not time oh, for that man. just yet. I Take do apologize. Okay, moving, on. moving on. Crook, what's our last topic? Factor cap. Andy Reid should be talked about more as the best coach of all time. Andrew? Do you not like, do you Unfortunately, like me Andrew, by the way? Did that make I don't mean? mind it. No, I don't mind. Okay. It is my name. All right. Un okay. Unfortunately, this is Cap, but it, it's almost, it almost feels like it's kind of unfair for Andy Reid. Uh, somebody wrote it best, but Belichick got Brady in his sixth year of okay. coaching. Reed did not come across his Brady. He, he did not come across Patrick M. Mother loving Mahomes until year 19. So as far as what he's been able to accomplish once he kind of reached the pinnacle of his coaching style and how it would mesh with the team on the field, he's performed almost as well. Uh, their winning percentages are within, you know, a couple tenths of a, of a point of each other, obviously two rings to six rings is they're, they're still not in the same conversation to me. And I think rings can sometimes tend to hijack conversations like this, because it's like, we have this idea that it's the true end all be all just forever more of always. And in this situation, when you're talking about this many, I don't think it's unreasonable to say at all. The the Belichick, Tom Brady, GOAT conversation is a long one with a lot of twists and turns that'll probably be more suited for another episode. Um, Andy Reid, depending on how long he can last, might continue to maneuver his way closer 
to the conversation. I don't think it's out of the question. Imagine, so you're saying he's you know, not even in the conversation right now. No, I, the conversation is him and Belichick, but it's a flood. It's still a it, it's still a biblical massive massacre of a flood. It just it just is, in my opinion. I mean, again, get into the conversation of, of best coach of all time. Obviously, in the modern era, it's those two. I mean, you got some guys. You got your your Don Shula's, your Tom yeah. Landry's, your George Hallis's that you're you're talking about in the past. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna say fact, and I I think it's twofold. Number one, when you talk about Andy Reid, I mean, you talk about he's the the greatest offensive mind we've ever seen. I mean, he, his, would he do it with with the Eagles? Yeah. I mean, everywhere he's been offensively, he's a a stellar offensive mind. Obviously he's, he's got those two titles, but he's going in with the favorite. I mean, you could see that go to three, four, five in the next couple of years. Who knows how Mm -hmm. long Andy Reid is around. Yeah. 641 win loss percentage. Belichick's at 662. Let's not pretend like we're separated by a hundred points. It's it's not not far at all. Um, Obviously Belichick has the Brady years, but if, if I were to make the argument for this is why Andy Reid should be talked about more, what a, Bill Belichick in the last three years since Thomas Brady has left Foxborough, who those teams have been bad, bad, yeah, like I mean mid to bad, and we can't pat pat Bill Belichick on the back for having Tom Brady and say how good a coach he is, and not also rip him for he got his hand picked guy in Mac Jones that traded up to get him. Dunk. He has. For 20 years, really not invested in the wide receiver position. He right. Tom Brady made a lot of great wide receivers, but outside of getting Randy Moss at the tail end of his career, it's been a right. lot of guys that Brady has made great. Uh, I think outside of that, you're not looking at, you know, there's no Calvin Johnson on that team. It's there, the three iterations of the same dude, Wes yeah. Welker, Amendola, and whoever the third one of those was. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all, the, all those guys. Right. Um, uh, uh, Julian Edelman is the one you were looking. That's for. yes, that's right. Julian yes. Edelman is the yeah. one. Um, <laughs> the same dude three times. Yeah. So I, I think as we get through it, we're going to start seeing Belichick. We're going to see him tested these next couple of years, and we're yeah. going to see how long he sticks around. Bill Belichick very well might at the end of like next year be like, "I'm, I'm good, yeah. man. This right. is not fun without Tom. I'm a go." But I think that's where it's interesting is that you know. It, we credit Bill for all the Tom Brady years, but we don't penalize him for the last three years when he has had bad teams and has built. I mean, we know he has roster control. Let's not pretend like the crafts are out here. Only ones making roster decision. Bill Belichick is right. making roster decision. Same way Reed is doing it in Kansas city. It's just Reed has won two Super Bowls in the last couple of years. And Bill's hi, how's it going? So I think he's in the discussion. Do I think you can put Andy Reed ahead of Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick with six rings? No. Right. But again, I think rings are kind of a disingenuous way to judge people because yeah. at that day, who's the best NBA player of all time? If your answer is not Bill Russell, then rings aren't quite as important. Like mm-hmm. they context is important. So I think, and I think I, and I think who brought it up in the chat. And that's a great point. Look at the Andy Reed coaching tree versus the Belichick coaching tree. I mean, the right. Belichick coaching tree is Romeo Cornell, Bill O'Brien, Eric Mangi. It's, it's rough out there. Yeah. Reed is a better developer of coaches. I don't think he is. The best of all time, but I think he deserves to be in the discussion. I, yeah, I think that's fair. Talk about it. All right, yeah. let's talk about it. Minor discussions about the guy. I think he could do more with less now than Belichick, yeah. Belichick could do. Yeah. Um, that's Factor Cap. You'll see that as a recurring segment here on Ahead of the Sticks. We go to third down. And we're going to do a little deep dive here. Uh, let's talk about these Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. about them a lot already, but it's hard not to in this division. The question is, is this team good enough to get back to the Super Bowl with Mahomes and Kelsey, 
you've got the same core, but you have switched up that wide receiving room mm-hmm. massively. Um, Kadarius Tony is looking like going to be the number one guy. Ish. Um, he really came on end of last year. Looked like they got some chemistry through some screen passes and stuff to him where he really, um, really showed what I think the potential that the Giants saw in him when he was drafted. It's always been a work thing for, for Tony. If Tony can get the mentals right, this is right. a guy who has all the tools. For sure. But do they have the offense to get back there? Do they have the team to get back there? Also knowing they play in the AFC. And unlike the Eagles, which we'll get to the NFC East next week, but unlike the Eagles, who that NFC is a much easier path. You've right. got the Bengals, who are j- rounding into form, continuing to be a thorn in everybody's side. You've got a Bills team that we've got some questions about whether Stephon Diggs wants to be there, but at the end of the day, they got more talent than anybody. You've mm-hmm. got, uh, especially the quarterback position with, with Josh Allen, the Madden 24 cover athlete. Um, you know him. You know him. Yeah, do you know him? I, He's my close personal friend. Nice man. Um, we, uh, you know, you've got inside your division, you got the Chargers who are a young team hungry looking to make up. You got the Broncos with Sean Payton. You got, got teams like the Miami Dolphins who have so many weapons. And if Tua can stay healthy, can they make the next step? I mean, there's so many teams that AFC. Uh, if you're sitting there at the end of the day, are you taking the Chiefs or the field in the AFC to get to the Super Bowl? Oh, my goodness gracious. The field is stout, man. I mean, you just gave the high-level stuff of it. It feels like a safer bet to take the field with the pieces that have changed here. We alluded to it at the very top of the show, though. It's almost an annual discussion as to whether the Chiefs are going to be able to do what they did last year. And we have this conversation again next year uh, with different wide receivers and a couple different pieces and new people in new places. And it's a tackle this year is going to be part of the story. Uh, Apparently, you know, other NFL execs not thought that he was actually the weakest part on that chiefs O line. So it might not even be a a negative move for him there, but you know, it it exemplifies the X factor that Mahomes uh, Reed and Kelsey guys like this, will exemplify that it it, it leaks through them it doesn't matter who's around them uh so the safe bet might be for the field i mean for my bread at any point i'm really not going to be betting against the chiefs for as long as those three guys are in the mix it does i don't care who's in the wide receiver room the defense can be good great or indifferent or you know as long as they're getting pressure i think they'll probably be okay because they're the chiefs and with andy Reid's genius they're going to put up 35 points a game and and they'll be able to get away you know with some misgivings on defense if that's how it goes down uh it's tough i think it's some fascinating storylines in considering the field uh but uh, um for my money i'm I'm never betting against the chiefs yeah i mean i i I, you do get to the question and it's sort of a weird thing to say of are we being unfair to patrick mahomes poor patrick mahomes with his wallet full of 50s and his diamond shoes um (laughs) Shout out to any Friends fans out there who, who remember that quote. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, this is a guy who we – it feels like last year we had the same conversation. Well, Tyreek left. I don't know if he's going to have – he's not going to have Tyreek right. to just dump it off to and get down the field. It's going to take a step back. Did not take a step back. In fact, right. they found a running game more than they maybe ever had in Kansas City since the Jamal Charles Priest-Holmes days with Isaiah Pacheco. You're still bringing that back. You've got an offensive line that is one of the more underrated ones with Tooney and Humphrey, and uh, you got mm-hmm. Jawan Taylor on the outside um sky Moore, you know can he turn into a gadget guy for me the question with the chiefs is going to be their defense okay and you look at this defense they do finally after a while get rid of that frank clark contract that was just hanging over their heads they've got one of the best interior pass rushers in chris jones somebody who Mm -hmm. can wreak havoc um Mm -hmm. defensively um 
But beyond that, you look at their corners, young corners, and Trent McDuffie, um, who was a rookie last year, Legarius Sneed, who any Madden fans know he's fast. He's really right. fast. And yep. he's really started to come on as a really good man corner guy. But you got Justin Reed and Brian Cook at, at safety. Can this defense hold up enough if there are those growing pains? For me, I th- do they have the talent to get back? Yes, because they still have Patrick. He's still there, right? Sure, like they didn't right. lose him. Yeah, they, they let him out of the locker room. Right. Travis Kelsey is still there, even though every time he goes up to a microphone, I'm like, oh no, hold your breath, yeah, kill the sound, kill the sound, guys. Um, uh, watching him at the White House and Patrick Mahomes just be like, yeah, Trav, hey man, you you knew it was coming too. Yeah, hey, Trav, so hey, <laughs> hey, hey we're not gonna do that. Hey, buddy, yeah, come, on. Come, on, come on, come on, come on over here. We're not um. Do they have the talent? Yes. But do I think they will? Mark it down. Episode one, 822, the Chiefs will not be in the Super Bowl this year. I don't think so. And and I, I'll be honest, it is not because of any of the moves they made. It is not because of, you know, I'm not sitting here like, you want to know why the Chiefs aren't going to get the Super Bowl? Because mm-hmm. they lost Juju Smith-Schuster, and that was yeah, the right. guy that really made this go. <laughs> but I just think it is hard to do it this many years consecutively you start mm-hmm. to learn a lot about the teams you've got now you've got a lot of teams you know the you talk about the motivation factor you got teams like the Bengals who have been sitting here being the bridesmaid for a while they they got the taste of the super bowl glory to get there fell short they were ready to go there. right they got the, you got the bills josh allen has been questioned by the media over and over can he lead the team i mean the hunger factors out there i just think this afc is too stacked man and i i'm gonna say now first episode and i'm sorry to everybody at arrowhead um chiefs nation please don't hurt me because i'm gonna be there opening night um so i'm really sorry i just don't i if i was if i was going to pick one i'm picking the field do they have the talent absolutely but i just don't know doing it again yeah, you got another team, A-Rod and the Jets. They also might be there. Who knows? I mean, the AFC East is stacked, and the Patriots are out there, too. Um, sorry, that was an unnecessary so the Patriots? Shot. You said the Patriots. They said, I said they're uh, you, you also You tried to slide there. that in. I, they were also out there. I'm sorry. Wow. Falling off the Bill Belichick stuff. But, like, I, I don't know. Like, again, head-to-head, who do I want? Do I want the Chiefs trying to go back-to-back, or do I want Joe Burrow, one of the, the coldest quarterbacks out there, with his wide receivers, with his running back, with that team wanting to get back to the Super Bowl, I'm taking the motivated team right now. I mean, and yeah. call me foolish. No, I no, I don't think you're foolish. Uh, I think the hunger factor will be there for the field. And I mean, just insofar as even just game prep, the Chiefs have just more and more and more tape available on the schemes that they're going to try to put these brand new guys into. There's more film available on them than there ever has been before. You have a pretty good idea of what Andy Reid wants to do and what's made them successful over all this time. Uh, Mosher Damas in the chat had, you know, made the great point as it's just to do it. And you did too, just to do it again and again and year in and year out and over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, I think your chances get worse with time, even as far as the preparation that you make available to other teams, it's, it, it becomes more difficult to get away with stuff that you used to get away with as people get eyeballs on your material. Yeah. And, and let's be clear. If there are two things, if I, if you want to put out X factors, why the chiefs can do it, mm-hmm. I'll be honest outside of Mahomes and Kelsey, they have Andy Reid coaching them 
and they got Arrowhead Stadium, which is if they're able to win this division, and we'll get to predictions here in just a moment, but mm-hmm. if they're able to get the division win and get home field advantage, that's where I think the whole the whole discussion shifts because mm-hmm. it's one thing to go beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. It's another thing to go beat the Chiefs in the playoffs in Arrowhead Stadium yeah. in December, in January, with that right. crowd going crazy. Uh, that's as hard of a place to play. You're talking about Arrowhead. You're talking about Seattle as, as I mean, and I'll, I'll still say Lambeau in January is as hard of a place to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, but I, I, can they get there? I guess we'll find out. And we might as well move on because we've yeah. talked about the Chiefs. Yeah, so we're right here. we get to some predictions. Let's get to Do fourth it. down. <laughs> it's predictions time. Give you a little bit. Of, let's start with division order. One through four. Who's winning this division? Who's finishing last of the division? Record it right now for your posterity. Fendler, who's taking home the title? Mm. The Chargers are. Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders in that order. You know Brandon Staley's still coaching them, right? Did you hear I my said thing what I about, said. You, you seen it, Herbie? Right? You seen yeah. you seen that hair that he got going on there? Yeah. They got a little bit in they got a little bit was, of new life in was town. Was Justin Herbert there last year? I'm trying to remember. He was. Did they win? They they didn't? They got blitzed. Okay, cool. Just check. They did. They did. They did. I said what I said. Chargers, okay. Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders. Are you gonna disagree with me, Nick? you hold on, no, no. You're gonna you have you have Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. Do you not? I so I think the Chiefs are going to win the division. Okay. Um, I have the Chiefs, I have the Chargers, I have uh-huh. the Broncos, I have the Raiders. Okay. okay. I think we're in agreement. Right, so we're in agreement on the back end there. Broncos, I, we're Raiders. In agreement. I think the Raiders are probably going to be bad. They're going to be bad. Yeah. I. I mean, again, I, bad. I think this Raiders team can get. I. Hold on. Timeout. Before we do this, let me see the divisions that they play this year. Okay. It's important. The schedule question. So okay, fair enough. So they got their six in division games. Um, they play the matching team from um, the divisions in the NFC. The full divisions yep. that they play, they are playing the NFC. North. Okay. So they got Lions, Bears, Packers, Vikings. Favorable, mm-hmm. I would say. Favorable in the NFC division. Um, and the full AFC division. That's an exciting division, but yeah. Yeah, the full AFC division they're playing, it looks like, is the AFC East, which is a tough one. Yeah. Um, so, mixed bag. I think the Raiders could get to six wins, seven wins. Do I think they're going to be a 500 team? No. I, I think this team is going to take a step back. But um, I think the biggest thing for the Raiders up front, their O-line is, doesn't, is, is bad. Their O-line right. is bad. And they play in a division where they've got to go against Chris Jones, and Bosa, like, I'm so sorry, dog, like, block somebody. Um, <laughs> Good luck. Could I see the Chargers Broncos split places? Maybe. I think the Chargers are talented enough um, to get there. I just think the Chiefs, until somebody shows me in this division that they can go and beat the Chiefs twice and do enough to win the division, I'm saying it's the Chiefs. So I say the Chiefs, you say the Chargers. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to stand on question. that. How many teams are getting into the playoffs out of this division? I think both of them. You're getting two. I'm, I'm taking both of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Three wild cards. Do I think any other divisions get? Here's the problem. Could I see the AFC East getting two? Yeah. Bills. You could see Bills Dolphins, Bills Absolutely. Jets, something like that. Could yeah. you see? Could you see two? Te- uh, well, we'll get to them. Right. Um, do you? Could you see two teams coming out of the AFC North? They've got three possible playoff teams in the AFC North. Ravens, Ravens, Browns, Bengals all have the talent to get there. Um, and the Steelers with Mike Tomlin continue to be above 500, so who knows? But two to three. I'm teams less certain on out. Ravens and Browns, but I'm with you so far. AFC South, one team. That's all that's coming out of the AFC South. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Right. Um, 
I think... I will say two out of this division because I think there's a less chance of them cannibalizing each other. You could go to the AFC North and legit see them all go three and three in division. Like, they could cannibalize everybody. Right. I think, two. I think it's going to be Chiefs and Chargers out of this division. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the Chargers will be the wild card. You think they'll get home field, which, who knows? Um, That could be wild. Um, If if the the Chargers are able to bring people to SoFi. Um, Not a great home field advantage, but it's a pretty stadium. It looks great on TV. It does look great. It's not a home field advantage at all, though. Well, you know. (laughs) Call what it is. Um, how about from this division? Anybody who you want to hang your hat on as being bona fide MVP candidates, knowing that MVP, I will say this: MVP or offensive or defensive player of the year. Because obviously, MVP has kind of turned into a quarterback award, anyways, and offensive player of the year kind of has become running back, wide receiver. So, major award winners from in here: rookie of the year, anything like that. Nick, I'm about to blow your freaking socks off. You ready okay. for this blazing hot mega? He's about to say the, Jimmy Garoppolo MVP. On the, fir- on the first episode of our podcast, you're going to hear something here that you will not hear as far as an MVP conversation on any other football program ever, top to bottom, anywhere out there. It's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is going to oh, be okay. in the conversation. Huh. Uh, he's Weird, huh? Be right there. Yup, he's going to be right there in the mix. Listen, I know it's a blazing hot take. I, the chat's going to pile on. Oh, you can chat. Don't, don't. I, 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 I understand. Please, right? everybody I, who's out there listening in the podcast uh, world, do not leave us a bad review because uh, Mr. Fenler decided to come up with such a blazing hot take like that. I'm but, sorry. Look, you just got to let it, let it see how it plays out. Okay, I understand that this guy, Patrick Mahomes, has you know never quite shown and proved that he could be the absolute best quarterback in the he's NFL a real, he's in a, a real complete landslide. Commodity. When yeah. I say head, shoulders, uh, and, and face mask above you know everybody else, I know, we have, I know we've never seen that before, Nick Mazzesco. I am expecting to see it. Uh, but I, I think it would be a little bit cooler if, uh, if Herbert put himself in the, in the conversation there. It's, it's, you know, I, I'm more often going to root for underdogs than I will for sure. – you know, Tom Brady and Belichick to win the Super Bowl. That always sucked for me. Uh, so I would love to see Herbert put himself in a conversation. But Mahomes is just the correct answer, unfortunately. I know it's not exotic or, or cool yeah. or a hot take, but it's just the, that's just the correct answer. I'm going to give you what – if I, what if I gave you four names? Oh, okay. Four names of major award winners possibilities. Okay, okay. MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Mahomes sure. from this division is probably going to be in there. Could yeah. I see Herbert in there? Sure. It would be cool. Offensive player of the year. I'm going to give you two names from uh, this division. One, Austin Eckler. Talk about a guy who is motivated playing for a contract. He's not the traditional running back. So you talk about these guys like Saquon, Jonathan Taylor, these guys who are dealing with Josh Jacobs, the guys who are dealing with um, these contract situations of being a downhill runner where the NFL is evolving a little bit. Austin Eckler has been the opposite of that he is as as much of a receiver as he is a running back he's a guy who can get out in space he is somebody who um i think breaks that mold he can have a big year this year i mean the problem is you're playing in la where there's a lot of weapons out there but look out for austin eckler also i'm still gonna put josh jacobs on there until somebody proves me otherwise he's the number one running back last year yeah i love that in a year where there's a lot of press out there around uh around running backs could i see the nfl being like let's give offensive player of the year to a running back sure are you um, buying a little bit of the bias that it seems like is uh, 
perceived about Austin Eckler because he's not that type of RB1 downhill AB gap type of player. And he's, he is more so like a third down back on, on all downs that he's in the game. It, does he get a raw deal as far as some of the conversations about yes. awards and accolades? Do, that, that seems yeah. pretty fair to say. But to I also think that we're going to see that shift this year. I mean, you've got a lot of those more receiver type backs coming into play. Um, we'll, we'll get to them when we talk about the North, but Jameer Gibbs drafted for the Lions this team um he is that mm-hmm. kind of player you've got Eckler out there you've got guys Jarek McKinnon had made a big move you're seeing it more so I think we're gonna have some more um discussions around it and then last but not least uh I'm gonna give you two more I, I lied I'll give you two more um defensive player of the year uh I think when you got a guy like Joey Bosa out there who can wreak havoc on the edge especially playing in this high profile as a division as the AFC West Mm-hmm. If he goes out there and puts up big sack numbers, guys like the Miles Garrett's, the TJ Watt, stuff like that, if he can stay healthy, he has the talent to do it. And I'm going to still hang my hat on offensive rookie of the year candidate, Quentin Johnston. I think he is in the perfect position to succeed in that Chargers offense with Kellen Moore, yeah. with Justin Herbert throwing to him and not being a number one. He doesn't have to go out there and be the guy. He's got a lot of people to take the pressure off him. He could put up some big numbers. So those are some guys to keep an eye on. Um, Simple question here. Every year in the NFL, there's a team that goes from worst in the division to first in the division, worst to playoffs. Uh, is there a team that is in this division that's going to do it? It it was the Broncos. That would have to be the, the Broncos surpassing both the Chiefs yeah. and so the now Chargers. We can just Correct. move on. Yeah, no, I don't think we okay. need to spend all too much time on that one. You sure, Sean Payton. I'm, I'm I'm nearly certain okay. that this is not going to be the worst to first. No. Um, Last but not least, you talk about fantasy football is such a big part of the NFL. So who are some mm-hmm. fantasy beasts in the division? I'll start. We know the big names, okay? We don't have to say them, okay? Sure. Mahomes, Kelsey, all those guys. Right, right, right. We don't have to. Um, I If I'm going to pick one that I'm keying in on in my leagues, um, I know he's coming off an injury. You're going to say Pacheco? I'm going to say Javante Williams. Okay. Full okay. knee. I mean, again, he lost every ligament in his knee. LCL, PCL, ACL, BYOB, WWE, right. all that stuff. Um, but it's an offense that wants to run the ball. Sean Payton is going to use that play action. You look what he was able to do with running backs in uh, New Orleans. Guys like um, Reggie Bush, Darren Sproles, even Alvin mm-hmm. Kamara in his later year. Mm-hmm. I think Javante Williams is going to fall down some draft boards. He's somebody who I think if you can pick him up, especially because I think the running back uh position group this year is thinner because you've got a lot of running backs by committee Javante mm-hmm. Williams could be a really nice piece to add so take keep an eye on him we'll see how that knee holds up but I, I like Javante Williams yeah and speaking of uh running back guy by committee I think actually uh, Isaiah Pacheco starts to on the Chiefs kind of retain a little yeah. bit more of the Target running back share market. yeah, yeah. The, I, th- I think he starts to pull in a little bit more of the Chiefs running back market share this year and you know if there was truly an RB1 rather than this running back by committee thing over the last couple of years I think it would have been a, whoever it was would have been an absolute fantasy stud and I think you're going to see a little more of that this year kind of see them move in that direction just because I was so impressed with how he played so downhill he was punishing a defender every single solitary time he had the ball in his hands I love watching football players like that so I would look for him to get a little heavier share of the snaps there in KC uh, and crank out some some better fantasy numbers about it. Well, uh, we first episode and we've got 
uh, 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 disagreement at the top of the division. So that should yep. bode well for the next seven divisions. If you're I also love that. Uh, I also love that we started our MVP conversation. I gave the odds on favored, and you gave about six or seven people uh, as well. So uh, I think I think a blazing hot stop start for us here, Nick. Zesco, I think we're doing well out of the gate. If you're watching here live on uh, Twitch, stick with us. We've got uh, the uh, NFC West coming up in just a moment. But if you're listening on the podcast, my name is Nick Mazesco. And I am Andy Fendler. It's been a pleasure and an honor, folks. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, and we're staying ahead of the sticks. Please download, subscribe, leave a review, all that stuff. It helps us, helps the algorithm. So if you're listening to this wherever you are, make sure you leave that review. Uh, five stars, whatever you think, give us a review. We, we will read them. Um, anything, make sure that you are uh, downloading. And, uh, man, go to your grandma's phone. Have, have her review it, too, because she doesn't know. So help us out. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on Ahead of the Six. Peace.